Let's chat about how to get what you need for your home when you don't have a lot of cash or credit. You can do that at Aaron's. Rent to own appliances, furniture, and tech from top brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. But say you don't need it anymore, no problem. At Aaron's, you can return your product at any time or even upgrade it for something new. Life's always changing. With Aaron's, your stuff can change right along with it. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. The volume. Lakers Tonight is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. You get great odds in markets for the NBA, NHL, college, and so much more. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's super easy to use. Plus, you can combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code JasonT so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, Dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Thursday, everybody. Congrats on almost making it to the weekend. We're going to be covering the NBA draft 
tonight. Stick around for the second half of the show. I'm going to be giving you guys my five biggest takeaways from tonight's NBA draft. But I want to talk about some trades and some trade rumors here at the start of the show. I want to talk a little bit about a little bit about this KD Kyrie report that came out today. I want to talk a little bit about Jeremy Grant going to the Portland Trailblazers. A couple of quick notes before we get started. If you guys could like this video and please subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our content. If you guys could follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys can get the announcements for the show as well as any video content that I release. And last but not least, if you miss one of these shows for whatever reason and you want to catch it but you can't get back to YouTube, go to our podcast feed, which for the time being is under Lakers tonight. Usually about an hour after the YouTube video goes live, you can find it in podcast form there. But the theme for tonight's show is about acknowledging reality. And I think it factors in for all the teams involved in the trades that we're going to discuss tonight. You know, I talked about this in our season wrap-up show, but the Lakers and the Nets are not close to being a top-tier contender. If everything goes absolutely perfectly for them in their off-seasons in terms of moves on the periphery, they're just simply not going to be as deep with talent as teams like the Clippers or like the Celtics or like the Bucks or like the Warriors. Those are the teams that I think I'm going to have in my top tier of contenders going into next season. Obviously, right now, not knowing what other moves are going to take place. But those teams are just better than you right now. Which means, in order for you to win, you need things to break right for you. You need someone to get hurt. You need some sort of playoff path that involves one of them getting upset. You need things to break your way if you're Brooklyn or the Lakers in order for you to win the title. I would argue even more so for Brooklyn than it is for the Lakers. Because at least with the Lakers, you got Anthony Davis and LeBron. So if Anthony Davis, for whatever reason, manages to regain his form from the bubble when he was a top five NBA player, the Lakers will have two of the top five players in the NBA. So even though they might not have the depth of the top teams, they might have the two best players on the floor in many of their matchups. Brooklyn, let's say Kyrie Irving and, and Ben Simmons are healthy. What's Kyrie the... 17th or 18th best player in the league? Are we, if we're being generous? And then Ben Simmons, maybe maybe 30th? And I feel like I'm being really nice to both of those guys there. The reality is, is it's Kevin Durant and not a whole lot else. And I'm not a big purgatory guy. You're gonna, we're going to get to that a little bit later tonight with the New York Knicks. I'm a big believer in pushing your chips to the middle of the table. I believe in trying to win the NBA championship. And that signing up for first and second round exits, I just don't really see the point to it if your goal is to get the trophy. And so it's important for the Nets and the Lakers and the Blazers too when we get to them to acknowledge the reality of their situation, which is that they are not good enough. So then there, you have to make a decision about where you move from there. Acknowledging it is the first step. It's like Russell Westbrook. There's a reason why he never became a great shooter, never became a great defensive player, never became a great finisher. It's because up here, he thinks he's great at those things, even though he's not. So because he never acknowledged that reality, he never did the work to rectify those issues. You, The Nets and the Lakers have to acknowledge their shortcomings right now. And once they do that, they can start to accept reality and move on. So obviously the Nets, for good reason, don't want to sign Kyrie Irving to a five-year max. Don't blame them. He was incredibly unreliable over the last couple of years. You know, this is what happens when you go into business with your friends. Instead of going into business with the guys that are actually the best people to go into business with, you end up with a guy who's a very good friend of yours who's a flake. And that's what happened to KD with this Kyrie Irving partnership. 
But if they're going to let him go, Kyrie Irving is absolutely willing to leave. Kyrie Irving has a massive ego, a big enough ego after everything that happened over the last couple of years to say things like, this is a great partnership I've got going on with Joe and, and, with, K, and with KD and we're going to build this thing together. Actually, no, that's not how anybody else saw it except for you because you didn't have the self-awareness to understand that you did a lot of self-sabotage to that team. But there's a reason why they want him to go and he's absolutely willing to leave. So if he leaves, now you're even more behind the eight ball in terms of talent with Kevin Durant. So absolutely he should request a trade and that got reported today that KD would be contemplating his future with the team should they not come to terms with Kyrie Irving. So at this point, if you're the Nets and you acknowledge the simple reality that KD and Kyrie are not enough, even with Ben Simmons, and that Kyrie is in all likelihood either going to have to be overpaid or walk, then this is over. This championship window you had is over. Looking at the Lakers, it's not over, but it looks dire. And so I see an interesting partnership there. Now, this is a trade idea that I got earlier today, and it's an extreme long shot, but I actually think it makes sense for both teams. For starters, it's incredibly uncommon to be able to actually get a star player in return for a star in a trade. It's usually a very flawed star. A guy like Ben Simmons, who's got, obviously, mental health concerns, he's got physical health concerns, and he's got, I don't know what to do with the basketball in my hands on offense in the playoffs concerns, Right? He's got all three of those issues. That's why he was the guy you got in return for James Harden. Almost every NBA superstar trade resorts to lots of draft picks, lots of young players, or flawed big contracts that can operate as salary filler, right? Well, the Lakers had the opportunity to actually offer a legitimate star in return. And this is where, I, this is where it's going to get a little crazy, but I want you guys to hear me out. Because the Lakers got to acknowledge reality too. Their reality is that Anthony Davis is not a guy that you want to use as a franchise cornerstone. There are some you know, there are some people that are, have been very defensive of Anthony Davis and point out things like the injuries. And don't get me wrong, he's had a bad luck stretch with injuries over the last couple of years. But it's not all you know, bad luck injuries like landing on a guy's foot, like what happened to him towards the end of the season. It's a lot of like his groin failed him. It's a lot of like his Achilles failed him. His wrist failed him. He falls down a lot. Uh, for whatever reason, he's obsessed with just anytime any sort of contact comes near him, he's going to go down to the ground. It's a lot of, he put on a lot of extra weight. So he's nowhere near as quick. He doesn't have the, he doesn't have the durability. He doesn't have the, uh, he doesn't have the, the, the stamina that he used to have. He's not the same type of athlete that he was in 2020. And you know, there's lots of intel from, not just from LeBron, but from from anybody who's been paying attention, that he comes into camp out of shape. He goes several months over the summer not doing anything. Which, uh, which I understand not every person is so obsessed with basketball that they play every day of their lives. But it's not exactly... It's, it's one thing if you're taking a couple of months off from April to June, but then you come into camp in shape. That April to June not doing anything thing starts to be a little bit concerning when you've come into camp two years in a row out of shape. For a franchise cornerstone, you want a guy who absolutely is in love with the game of basketball, that doesn't want distance from it. You want a guy that consistently takes his job so seriously 
that if he ever doesn't reach his personal ceiling, it's because of things outside of his control. No one would blame him for stepping on a guy's foot and spraining his ankle if he came into camp in shape. No one would blame him for those things if he took the game more seriously. If it looked as though he was still as bought in as he used to be when he was younger. And so I think I think LeBron knows it, and I think the Lakers know it. I don't know if they've actually come to terms with that, if it's just something that they know on the inside that they won't admit to themselves. But Anthony Davis is not the guy you want as your franchise cornerstone. And he's, as Colin has pointed out uh, on his show several times, he's aging faster than he should. So what if for Brooklyn, you had the opportunity to get a real bona fide star in return for KD and Kyrie? I would, if I was the Lakers, I would call up Brooklyn. I'd be like, you can have Anthony Davis. You can have Russell Westbrook. You can have the 2027 first round pick, the 2029 first round pick. We're recording this while the second round is still happening, but the Lakers have the 31st or 35th overall pick in the second round tonight, which effectively amounts to a late first round pick, probably going to be a, a good chance to be a quality basketball player. You know, throw that, whoever that player is, whoever that pick is in as well. And you just say, we'll take back Kyrie and Kevin Durant. We take care of your Kyrie Irving problem. We take care of your Kevin Durant problem. You get a chance to rebuild. You want to use Russ to sell tickets? Great. You want to send him home? That's great. You want to find a third team to do something else with him? That's great. But at least you get a foundational piece in Anthony Davis coming back, which is better than you're going to get from the vast majority of superstar trades out there. And you're getting two legit first-round picks and one pick that essentially amounts to a late first-round pick. It makes sense for the Lakers because Anthony Davis isn't your guy. LeBron's in his 20th season. You need to go the win-now approach. And you get off of Russell Westbrook. Makes sense for the Nets because you're not winning with KD without Kyrie or with KD and Kyrie and Ben Simmons. You're just not going to get it done. Not in the East that's as deep as they are. Not with teams like Miami and Boston and Milwaukee in the, in the conference. You're just not good enough. Accept reality. Understand it's time to reset. The Lakers are just not good enough. Understand reality. It's time to reset. It's one of those. It's an interesting partnership there. I don't know if it would end up being enough. Maybe you got to throw in a Kendrick Nunn. I'm not sure what uh, what all all the little details surrounding that trade would look like. But the foundational structure of it would be Anthony Davis and Russ plus whatever assets you can scrounge up for Kevin Durant, the real piece coming back from Brooklyn, and Kyrie Irving, the guy that Brooklyn doesn't even really want to sign for the number he wants anyway. And then from there, I actually love the basketball fit for the Lakers. Yeah, obviously you've got to find athleticism in the front court to help compensate for LeBron and Kevin Durant and their age and, and the, their, their unwillingness to buy in on defense all the time. But they instantly become one of the most intriguing offensive teams in the league. We already know what the KD-LeBron partnership, excuse me, the Kyrie-LeBron partnership looks like. We already know what the Kyrie-KD partnership looks like. Very good offensive partnership. You know, LeBron brings that high-level playmaking and game management that KD and Kyrie struggle with. And KD and Kyrie bring in that high-level shot-making that LeBron struggles with from time to time, right? Especially as he's starting to age. I think it makes sense for both sides. Now, beyond that, if I was running Brooklyn and you wanted to commit to this, I would re-sign Kyrie, Kyrie to whatever. I would. If you want to negotiate down on specific terms, that's fine, but just sign Kyrie. Because at the very least, if things do go south before the trade deadline and you decide, never mind, I don't want to do this, you can at least use Kyrie as an asset to try to get something in return. 
But at the very least, you can't let him go for nothing. That would be the absolute disaster outcome for Brooklyn. You either need to sign Kyrie or you need to trade him. No matter what, you can't let a player like that go for absolutely nothing. And if you're the Lakers, I mean, the Russell Westbrook trade was already going to be a disaster. If you could pull somebody back the caliber of a Kyrie Irving, even if you just tried to focus on that move as a one-for-one, if you needed to include assets, I like that one as well. I mean, it's it's hard to say exactly how this thing ends out because so much of this feels like gamesmanship from Kyrie and, and from KD trying to leverage the Nets into getting a contract, but... I think, I think there's an interesting opportunity for two, a misery loves company type of trade, for two teams to kind of reset and to potentially make the Brooklyn kind of reset for a potential run for the future and the Lakers to go all in for right now. Last but not least, I wanted to talk about this uh, Jeremy Grant trade to the Portland Trailblazers. You know, Damian Lillard, there's a gap between him and Steph. And it's not in the way that you would think because in terms of on-ball ability... Dame is every bit as good as Steph. He can shoot the ball off the dribble nearly as well. He's a little bit more athletic, so he can get better separation from time to time. He's got a nasty step-back game. But Steph has him beat everywhere else on the floor. Feel for the game. Movement without the basketball. Steve Kerr did an interview with Zach Lowe the other day, and it was so interesting to hear Steve Kerr talk about how he attributes Steph off Steph's off-ball success to the reps he got at Davidson not being the point guard but being basically an off-ball player that they'd run off of screens nonstop and try to run things for him. That kind of that kind of practice that Steph got there is one of has amounted to one of the biggest things that differentiates him from the from his peers at his position. Dame Lillard is not interested in moving without the basketball. Dame Lillard is not interested in competing on defense the way that Steph does. Those two specific details are what allows Steph to be a super duper star while Dame is something less than that. But Portland needed to acknowledge their reality as well. Going with offense and shooting around Dame was not working. Going with very versatile bigs that are offensive-oriented like Nurkic or uh, C.J. McCollum on the wing as that, as that backup scoring option with you know underqualified 3 and D guys on the wing, it just wasn't cutting it. It wasn't getting the job done. I love the idea of going all-in on the defensive end with Dame. Going the route of trying to surround him with athletes. Trying to put him in a... There's some intel out there that they might be targeting OG Ananobi from the Raptors. I think that would be a fantastic move. If you could get OG Ananobi next to Jeremy Grant, next to Dame Lillard, there's less pressure on Dame to be the dominant defensive player that you hope from the guard position when you've got guys like that cleaning up messes behind him. You know, there was intel from last year when the Jeremy Grant trade rumors were going around that he was going to want a bigger role, that he wanted a, a, a contract extension. This is that perfect opportunity. In the modern NBA, the number two gets lots of shots. So it makes sense for Jeremy Grant to go into Portland and basically fill the C.J. McCollum role as a guy who's going to get plenty of opportunity with the basketball in his hands to create. And Jeremy Grant's a great defensive player that can clean up messes as a help defender and contain on the ball. I, they need one more move. They need to go after a guy like OG. And then from there, you need to fill it out with more role players. But I thought it was a really smart move from Portland. The way you were building was not working. It was time to try something different. And the idea of going with athleticism and defense around Dame, to me, is something they haven't successfully been able to put together yet. And it's a proven successful method in the NBA. And it might be something that gets 
a rejuvenated Dame, who at the peak of his powers is a bona fide top 10 NBA player. And I'd love to see him get the opportunity to play with the type of athleticism he needs to succeed at this level. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Ever needed something for your home but don't have the cash or credit to pay for it? Let's chat about how to get what you need when you need it. You can do that at errands. Yep, you can rent to own appliances like washers, dryers, or refrigerators, furniture for your living room or bedroom, even tech like computers and gaming systems. Plus, errands has great brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. And you can pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But here's the cool part. Say you're renting a 65-inch smart TV and decide you don't want it anymore. At Aaron's, you can return it at any time. Or maybe you want to downsize to a 55-inch or upgrade to an 86-inch. You can do that too. Return it, then take home something new. Life's always changing. With Aaron's, your stuff can change right along with it. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. So check out your nearest Aaron's store or visit Aaron's.com for more details. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. All right, here we go. Top five things that I learned from tonight's NBA draft. Number one, the Orlando Magic did the right thing. I have no idea what all the smokescreen was about. There obviously is some sort of perceived value in doing that sort of thing because you see teams do it every year. I don't really understand. I feel like I feel like it's all just about chaos. Uh, that said, I thought the Magic made the right decision taking Paolo. I really like Jabari Smith. I think he's going to be a deeply impactful NBA basketball player. Arguably the most immediately impactful out of those top three guys. Because already right away, he has two elite NBA skills. Perimeter shooting and wing defense, right? So right away, he's going to be impactful at the NBA level. Probably more so, like, he he's the kind of guy that in terms of winning impact, maybe not statistically, but in terms of winning impact in, in his rookie year, he's probably going to be better than Paolo and probably better than Chet. 
But he's got so far to go in the other elements of his offensive game to reach a star ceiling that I thought he was a clear third prospect in this draft. Yes, he's a knockdown three-point shooter right now. But doesn't get great separation from defensive players right now. Doesn't have good control over the basketball. Doesn't see the floor very well. And it's pretty much jump shot heavy right now. He doesn't have that like versatile finishing package, which I'm going to talk about just a second here with Paolo. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't even understand what, what would have led the Magic to believe that was the right guy. And more importantly, I, I always love this like this like last day type of mind-changing thing. There's no way in the world any of these teams didn't know exactly who they were taking or have a, an exact plan based on who was available coming into today. It's all just a big smokescreen. It was all really, really strange. I've talked a lot about Paolo uh, with Carson yesterday, so I won't get too deep into it. But to me, he reminds me of Carmelo Anthony in terms of his potential ceiling. Carmelo was way more fluid from the perimeter at this point in his career than Paolo was. But a lot of the other elements of his game, it reminds me very much. Like his, his fluidity in terms of his face-up game and all of his moves and counter moves in the mid to short range remind me of Carmelo. He's got the turnaround jump shot over both shoulders. He's got the step back jump shot going both ways. He's got all of the push shots and floaters and hook shots and things in the lane that you have to have to score with size mismatches, which he's going to have a lot of them. He's got a seven, one and a half wingspan, six foot 10. He's got, he's already got the physical tools. So to be able to have that face up, that back to the basket type of stuff at his age, it projects well if he can add the perimeter game for him to have defenders have to play up on him and then to be able to get consistent dribble penetration so that he can utilize that part of his game. Obviously, that's the ceiling. And with any one of these guys, there's a certain amount of risk. But I really liked the pick. I thought he was the clear best player in this draft. I thought he's the guy that has the most clear star potential. And he could be a much better defensive player than Carmelo was because of his measurables. Also, being on a team with Jonathan Isaac, dominant defensive player, one of the best defensive players in the league when he's healthy. And a guy like you know Franz Wagner is another big wing who can guard multiple positions. He might not have to take on an on-ball role against a dominant basketball player for a long time. He could be a help defender, a guy that can use his length and athleticism around the rim and help. That team is starting to get really interesting too. Jalen Suggs. Markel Fultz should be healthy this year. Jonathan Isaac sat out all of last year. He'll be back. Franz Wagner is like the ideal 3 and D type of role player that could put the ball on the floor and attack closeouts and things along those lines. They just needed an alpha dog offensive talent. That's what Paolo is. So kudos to the Magic. I thought it was the right decision. Number two, it's time for the Oklahoma City Thunder to start trying to win. This has been a very impressive asset collection strategy from them over the last half decade. You could argue it's a, mo- a more coherent version of the process that Philly ran, obviously without the top-end talent that Joel Embiid was. But they've got a lot of really talented basketball players now. They had three additional top 12 picks today. Chet Holmgren, our guy Carson, thinks is the best prospect in this draft. This kid Jang is really versatile forward from the NBA- NBL, really good passer. They have a lot of really good passers now. Chet can put the ball on the floor and make plays for his teammates. SGA can make plays out of pick and roll. Josh Giddy, nice, big, classic point forward type of prospect and and Jang's got that as well but you've got all these players it's time to stop collecting assets and to start trying to win basketball games I would go the Oklahoma City th- Thunder route in the similar way to the to the to the way they picked up Derek Fisher and Kendrick Perkins and basically had those guys round out the youth with veteran savvy and championship experience that's the route I would go with OKC and I'd start trying to put these guys in meaningful basketball games most importantly guys it's just hard to evaluate talent 
when they're playing in meaningless basketball games? How can you evaluate Kevin Porter Jr. or Jalen Green with Houston when every night they're getting the other team's worst effort? At a certain point, you need to put these guys into some higher leverage situations to see what they're capable of playing against good NBA basketball teams with real stakes. And that, to me, would mean going for it and try to get a playing spot. Get yourself into some high-stakes environment and see what these guys are capable of. But I really like the pick, like the rebuild. It's just time now. It's time It's time to actually start trying to win, it, uh, win basketball games. Number three, the Kings pulled another Kings. I really like Keegan Murray. And he's another guy, like Jabari Smith, that will immediately be able to help NBA basketball teams. I've said this, I said this yesterday when I was talking with Carson. I'm not sure I've ever seen a young wing player that's b- younger than 22 that has the back-to-the-basket game that he has. It's such a lost art in today's NBA and just overall in today's basketball culture. You still see it occasionally from big guys. But you just don't see perimeter players that have the ability that he has to position himself and to feel where the defender is and quick pivot both ways, hooks over both shoulders, floaters, things along those lines. He's got that, and he's going to be an impactful basketball player right away. But there is a clearly defined ceiling with him because he just doesn't have anywhere near the first step he needs to get separation against elite NBA defensive players. And Jaden Ivey was right there. I talked about this yesterday with Carson, but I'm not sure I've seen a guard with this type of power NBA athleticism since Dwayne Wade. We see a ton of freaky athletic wings come into the league. I mean, the Shaden Sharp's a great example of this. A little more upright, a little more tall. You know, that crazy vertical pop to where it just seems like his head's above the rim every single time. But then you see them play against a physical defensive player and they get bumped off at their spots and they struggle to leverage their physicality to get to different spots on the floor and it effectively erases their athleticism. That's why we see so many freak athletes in the NBA that struggle to actually use that athleticism. Jaden Ivey's got that low center of gravity and he can take those really long strides like like uh, Dwayne Wade can't. I think it was Shaq who used to say that that Dwayne Wade had the hamstrings of a god. And that's the different... Athleticism always like manifests in different kinds of ways. It's not just vertical pop. It can be foot speed. It can be uh, vertical... Or excuse me, linear speed. It can be long steps. The ability to take really long steps is super valuable in the NBA to get, uh, to get uh, opportunities near the rim, to be able to evade help defenders and things along those lines. When you're on a line drive and a player's on your hip, the ability to bounce that guy off so that you can keep going rather than him bouncing you off of your line. That's a different type of athleticism. That's what I'm always referring to when I say low center of gravity. Jaden Ivey was right there. I thought he was clearly a better basketball player. Will he be able to help right this second? No, but you're the freaking Kings, man. You're not actually winning NBA basketball games right now. There isn't some achievable like win now move for you. So I just didn't understand the thought process going after Keegan Murray, a really solid player that's going to immediately be able to help an NBA team that has a lower ceiling. You want to make that type of move when you have a little bit more of a win-now potential, not when you're a team that's so far away the way the Kings are. Number four, the Knicks are going to sign themselves up for purgatory once again. So they traded their lottery pick today and Kemba for cap space. And apparently, if you factor in the Mitchell Robinson cap hold, it's going to amount to about $16 million a year. 
So the intel is, according to Mark Stein, that they're going to throw basically a four-year, $64 million contract at Jalen Brunson and try to steal him away from the Dallas Mavericks. Here's the issue. Is Jalen Brunson a top 10 NBA guard? No. Is Julius Randle a top 10 NBA forward? No. So in your rush to regain relevance, you are going to sign yourself up for extended purgatory. Any playoff series that you happen to find yourself in, your team's going to have the lesser guard and your team's going to have the lesser forward. I really like Jalen Brunson. I really like Julius Randle. Both of those guys should be twos and threes. Neither of them are qualified to be a number one. And you are the New York Knicks. You are not a team that's going to struggle with free agent signings if you can just demonstrate competence. You will be able to one day, soon enough, bring a megastar if you have the the cap flexibility and you just demonstrate some competence. Keep your head coach for a while. Develop some young basketball players. Accumulate assets. That's how the Lakers ended up getting Anthony Davis. Just accumulate the assets. We talked about this after the NBA Finals, but eight of the last 11 NBA championships have gone to Steph Curry and LeBron James. Who won the other three? Kawhi Leonard and Giannis. So you're not winning unless you've got the guy. So if you don't, if you either need to have the guy or be working to getting the guy. Signing yourself up to make things more difficult for you to get the guy is what I don't understand. Now, again, the uh, w- when we're looking at this, the, it's it, on the surface makes him better, right? Jalen Brunson in a five-out system with the Dallas Mavericks last year was relatively inconsistent, but had some really big, really impactful playoff games. He's going to go in there and he's going to play really well, and the Knicks are going to be better. They're going to be in the playoffs in, a, in the playoff picture in a way that they weren't last year. It all makes sense, but what I don't understand is that uh, tying yourself into that type of contract with Jalen Brunson, which at the end of the day is going to be difficult to move because as good as he is, $16 million a year is a lot of money. It, I, I just was confused by the strategy. Now, who knows? They might Internally, they might be thinking, hey, we get Jalen Brunson. He's a mid-level contract. Maybe we can package him with two or three of our young players and maybe get that star. All I'm saying is that better be the plan. The plan better not be, let's see if Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle can get this done. It better be, we plan on moving these guys to get the star. And last but not least, the Pistons got lucky. Jaden Ivey should not have been there at number five, and he was, thanks to the Keegan Murray pick, who again, I like Keegan Murray, I just thought it was the wrong pick. You know, I think Jaden Ivey could, I see him as the potential Jalen Brown to Cade's Tatum. Now, obviously, they're different you know, Jaden Ivey's shorter, different type of player. What I mean by that, though, is Cade is your finesse wing. He's that guy that's doing it with skill and change of pace and floor vision and game management, all those things that I value greatly from a perimeter initiator. But Cade is not a dominant athlete. And against the very best defenses, he might struggle from time to time to create his own shot, even when he's in his prime. Jaden Ivey is never going to have that problem. Like I said earlier, I think he's one of the best athletic prospects at the guard position since Dwayne Wade. And I think that having him there is the guy that can be the physical force to be reckoned with. The guy that has unmatchable athleticism to give him the capability of creating shots. I think it's a great counter to Cade. And Cade can kind of manage the flow of the game and be your perimeter initiator. And Jaden Ivey can just be your tip of the spear. 
in a very similar way in a very similar way to what Jalen Brown was for the Celtics. They've got another really interesting young core. I like Sadiq Bay as another two-way wing. This Jalen Duran kid that they drafted, classic modern center. You know, this is we've talked a lot about this. That plotting, slow, giant center just doesn't work in the NBA anymore. It needs to be an athlete. It's almost better for him to be 6'9", 6'10", than it is for him to be 7 foot. You need him to be able to get up and down the floor and transition. You need him to be able to be occasionally make guys work on perimeter switches. And he needs to be able to roll hard to the rim and contain in five-out situations where he's got to cover a lot of ground. You need no, you need mobility at the position. So I really like the Jalen Duren pick. And all of a sudden, the Pistons look like a very interesting basketball team. But yeah, those are my top five takeaways from this year's NBA draft. I will be at NBA Summer League for that first weekend, and I'm going to get to see, I think, most of these guys, if not all of them, play. We'll have we'll have all, all sorts of content lined up for that weekend. I'm very, very excited. As always, I appreciate your guys' support, and I will see you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Active's users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.